From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit, a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her guest lineup of authors, healers, educators, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Each week, Sherrianna and her team of experts share remarkable insights about life, spirit, manifesting, and more. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to announce my new book, Energy in Action, The Power of Emotions and Intuition to Cultivate a Life of Peace and Freedom. Inside, you're going to find 13 spiritual laws and 52 high vibrational spiritual practices, all to help you manifest a life of peace, abundance, and true freedom. Head on over to SherryAnnaBoyle.com and grab your copy today. Welcome to Just Ask Spirit. I'm Sherry Anna Boyle. I'm your host. And if you're new to the show, this is a show about spirituality and mental health. And if you're new to me and my work, I'm the author of 10 books, including the Emotional Detox book series. And my latest book is called Energy in Action, which is about how emotions influence our ability to manifest here on earth. If you've been listening to our show for a while, I so appreciate you. And you probably know that the show is made possible by the Just Ask Spirit Marketplace. That's a place that you can go take a look at some of our authors that have been on the show. You'll also see some of my books there, as well as some retreats. I offer spiritual retreats. I've got a weekend retreat coming up this fall, early fall, and also a pretty big retreat in 2024 going to the Azores, Portugal. So if you're interested in experiencing emotional detoxing with me and going on an adventure, I would highly recommend you go to sherryannaboyle.com backslash events and check that out as well as the Just Ask Spirit Marketplace, which is again at sherryannaboyle.com. Well, we've got a big day, folks. We really have a big show for you. And we're going to be talking all about emotions, my favorite, favorite topic. And I have a really, really special guest here. I've been really looking forward to this discussion. And her name is Carla McLaren. And I don't know if you remember, but Carla wrote a book called The Language of Emotions. She's written many books, actually. But the original one was written in 2010. Well, guess what? She just updated that book. It's all brought up to date for us. You're going to get to hear from her in just a moment. Carla McLaren, welcome to Just Ask Spirit. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you. I mean, you're like an icon. Icon. <laughs> you're iconic <laughs> in the world of self-help and mental health. You've been talking about emotions forever. I know. They can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> Took a while for everyone else to get on board. <laughs> I feel like I've been talking about emotions forever, too. And it's like, now it's like a big thing. I'm like... Okay. <laughs> okay, y'all. <laughs> Glad you all caught up, right? 
<laughs> so audience, Carla McLaren, award-winning author you got here, social science researcher, workplace consultant, empathy expert, truly a lifelong focused career and really talking about emotions, the theories of emotions, looks at negative emotions, similar to, to my work, you know, how we look at them, creating new pathways for people to have that self-awareness, communication, and empathy. She's the founder and CEO of Emotion Dynamics, Inc., developer of Empathy Academy Online, and your book, we were just talking about that the book has been updated. I know you've written other books as well. You can find her at carlamclaren.com. And you're definitely going to want to make note of that website, guys, because we got, we got some things to fill you in on here with this new book. So the language of emotions was put out again. I mentioned this in the preview, 2010, correct, mm-hmm. Carla? Yeah. And that book did very well kind of groundbreaking at the time I bought it I remember <laughs> running out and grabbing your book and I probably still have it in some bookshelf somewhere <laughs> and this new one I just said to Carla everyone I was like I couldn't find it on Amazon so I guess because there this is an updated edition we've got a little glitch going on folks so we really want to support and get this book out there so please make sure you go to carlamclaren.com or Sounds True, your fellow Sounds True author, to grab this book. Uh, forget Amazon for a bit until they work out this glitch. What about Barnes & Noble and all that? Are they? Yeah, I think Barnes & Noble and Bookshop have their act together. It's just Amazon. <laughs> right? they're, like, they're like in the moment. They're in the present moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So tell us, little bit about your journey into this new edition of the language of emotions. Why did you want to update it? What, how did this all come to be? Um, we've learned so much since, you know, I wrote it in 2009. And since then, I've been to grad school, become a social science researcher. Um, and I also started a licensing program in my work called Dynamic Emotional Integration. So there's been a whole lot of people right, in this large community that have different emotional experiences, different emotional awareness. And so we've been able to really make the book and the work more inclusive and more focused. I changed a lot of the questions that we ask emotions. One of the things we do in this work is instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm angry, so I need to get happy because anger is a negative emotion, so we should never have it. Instead, we we lean into what the emotion is doing and treat it as a valuable part of our basic cognition. So we ask a question of the emotion that leans into what the emotion is doing there. So the questions for anger are what do I value and what must be protected and restored because anger is always about boundaries. But most of us have learned the questions to ask of anger is why am I so angry? (laughs) Why are you so angry? We don't, we haven't learned to key into emotions. And so I, that's, well, first of all, I, I, we got to go back there for a second. Carla. We go back. Questions. Take a moment here. Everyone is probably doing what I'm doing, going, what were the questions? Right. <laughs> so I love that. So if you're feeling anger, which mm-hmm. many of us do, and there's a, 
plenty to feel angry about. (laughs) Let's make a list right now. (laughs) Okay. What do I value folks is one of those questions. And what what's looking or what must be protected or restored? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Anger is always about boundaries. And so when a boundary has been crossed, you want to see anger arise in some way to help you restore it, to help you figure out, is this an important boundary? That's why we ask, what do I value? Because if you don't know what you value, sort of everything is going to make you angry, right? (laughs) Everything's going to be a boundary. Um, But but then reset the boundary. And how you set a boundary is up to your skills, but that's what anger does. So you could set a boundary like a jerk, right? You could hurt people. And that would make other people think, well, anger is a terrible emotion, but there wasn't anger's fault that you were a jerk, right? Or you could set a boundary in just such a non-boundary way that you'll just confuse everyone, right? You know, you won't know how to use your anger. You won't know how to set a boundary clearly. So you will just, you know, make more trouble. And there's a sweet spot with each emotion between expression and repression where you're actually, um, you're actually working directly with the emotion to help it do what it came to do. And so that's what these questions are about. And a lot of them got updated as we began to realize this question isn't really getting to the heart of, you know, jealousy or envy or whatever it was. We need to make the question more relevant the original questions were pretty good for a first try. Sure, of course. Yeah, it opened up good. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, can you tell us more? I'm, I'm curious about that. I imagine in the book you talk about boundaries and yeah. how to set them because yeah. you said it's up to you the amount of skills you have, which not everybody knows how to do that. Yeah, yeah. why would we know that? It's like people don't teach you how to set a boundary clearly, right? You if you become good at it, you probably just fell into it or, <laughs> you know, you, you know what I have to say, I am pretty good at boundaries. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not good at cooking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a boundary. I am I'm I, not cooking. There's room for improvement. I will say, <laughs> but you're not always popular, Carla. Nope. At those boundaries. I mean, sometimes it doesn't make me look so great. Yeah. And especially as a, as a, 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 a female identified person that there's a rule about anger, which is that women can't show it. They might be able to feel it, but they can't show it. And then we have a, a word, we have a name for women who show anger and it rhymes with which, right. Um mm-hmm. There's another one on the other side. We also have a male rule that men, male identified people cannot feel grief or sadness, right? And if you see a male crying, at least here in the United States um, or European countries, right? Uh, You, we have a name for him too, and it would rhyme with wussy, right? So there's like, there's a gender problem, gendered you know, ability to work with emotions. And what happens is if women can't set boundaries, then they end up being sort of walked over. 
or maybe paid less than men, <laughs> like that might happen, right? Or their healthcare needs are not seem to, seem to be important, or they are removed from having a choice over whether they're going to have a pregnancy carried to term or not, right? So there's lots of problems that happen if women are not allowed to set boundaries. But if men are not allowed to cry and grieve and mourn and be sad, there's a whole other series of problems that happen where you have that toughness that men are, you know, socialized to have that ends up really interfering with their ability to be in relationships that are healthy for them. So we've got, we've got two people, you know, both sides of this gender binary have got knocked out with specific emotions. So we kind of come to each other with these little broken selves yeah. I I also think there's value to both sides of it. The person who learns how to set a boundary mm-hmm. and also the other side of it is how to receive a boundary. Yeah. Because I, I I'm gonna be honest with you, Carla, it this is actually in the last year I said I set a boundary and I lost a friendship. Yeah. That person interpreted it as you don't like me, like the, I'm not, I, I'm just assuming I didn't really get to that part of it, but I, I had to let it go. I, I just said to say, you know what, they didn't, I, I even said, I'm trying to set a boundary here. It's very, very clear. And so I think the point of sharing that story with everyone is there's value to both sides because sometimes someone might set a boundary with you and if you don't really quite understand it, you might take it personally or you might get hurt instead of celebrating the fact that, hey, we're strong enough to be honest with one another and say no when we need to or take a pass on something. Um, that's just how what's coming up to mind as you're as you're talking about boundaries. Yeah. I love- and there's. The other side of boundaries, which is there's anger and there's also shame. Um, and shame gets, you know, beat to heck out in the world, but the shame has a healthy, happy home here in my book. <laughs> but, um, okay. Give us the shame. Yes. Anger is the boundaries are being broken from the outside. So someone does something, something gets in your way, something's frustrating, right? The, those are the boundaries you would see from the outside. Shame is the emotion that works alongside anger to make sure that nothing's coming out of you. Nothing is coming out of you that is going to break the boundaries of another person. And so it can be very difficult to set a boundary if you realize the other person can't receive it. Right. And then you have to make sort of terrible decisions about whether um, am I walking away from this relationship? Right. Because, you know, they don't handle boundaries very well, but, how close do you want that boundary troubled person to your life is, you know, a question that I ask. It's hard when they're your family, right? It's hard <laughs> when, whoops, you married them. Oops. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, what I find is that dealing with those deep relationship conflicts, if, if the other person, if both people have access to anger and shame, you can go so deep from there, Right. You can, I didn't know that you felt that way. I would thought I was helping you. Well, it wasn't helping me. It was hurting me. Well, I'm sorry. And how can we do it differently, right? Very few people have the experience of going through a conflict like that, right? Because they sort of don't have skills in, in, in these areas. 
So it can be very difficult, yeah, to set a boundary. A lot of people experience your boundary as violence toward them. You're like, no, it's not. I haven't hurt you with this. I'm saying this is what I can do. Yeah. Interesting. Talk talk to us more about shame. You said so anger set it, the questions. Mm-hmm. What questions should we be asking around shame? Shame is the emotion that helps you live up to agreements that you've made. It's about your integrity and your conscience and your behaviors. The questions for shame are whose ethics and values have been disrespected and what must be made right. And that first question is so important because shame helps you live up to the agreements you've made. The work with shame is understanding whether the agreements you've made are worth worth the money they were printed on or whatever worth are they worth it and shame doesn't ask whether it's worth it shame asks did you agree to it so if you've got a really nice little agreement that i'm going to floss every night before bed right and you floss no problem but what if it's like 11 o'clock and you're watching some shows your shame might say hey carla what about this flossing agreement that you made? You go, okay, okay, because you're going to fall asleep without flossing. I know you are. So I'll go and I'll floss and my shame's like, good. That's fine. That's an agreement that I made that's livable. It's appropriate. What if one of my agreements is no one will ever love you until you're perfect? Mm. And that's the agreement that I made somewhere. And so some poor soul comes to love me and my shame goes on a bender. My shame goes wacky crackers, right? You can blah, 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 blah. In that instance, people would think shame is a terrible emotion, right? They, mm-hmm. would, they would attribute the wrong thing. Shame is doing its work, whether it's helping you floss at night or whether it's stopping people from loving you because you're not perfect. <laughs> so the work with shame is to make sure your agreements are ones that uh, you can live now. Uh, so there's a constant yeah. sort of a doing a personal like an inventory and like is that a workable message because if not i'm gonna get rid of it so shame can do some nicer things and not have to be such in such a terrible wow. situation i love this this is so insightful and what about jealousy let's talk about the main characters here we got jealousy i hear that a lot come up with yeah. people jealousy And the other one is sadness, because a lot of people, I don't know if you're hearing this, a lot of people are are very sad, crying a lot. I want to know what you think about crying, because I, it's interesting, because I'm an adjunct psychology professor, and we cover a chapter on stress. And I remember asking them, this was recent, this was last semester. How do you relieve stress? What's your main strategy? Now I had over 30 kids. You know what their main strategy was? Hmm. Crying. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. They all, and they, and it was great because they all bonded they, and they yeah. were very open. I mean, it is very different than the generations that are coming yeah. out. They're very, very open. I know we talk about gender and this and that, but what, what I'm seeing is students getting more comfortable talking about sadness and talking about anger and talking about mental health and talking about 
getting support. So in, in a positive way, but I just thought I'd love to know your insights about sadness. Maybe we'll start there and also jealousy. Sadness is just a beautiful emotion that I call the all purpose healing balm of the soul. Um, sadness arises when it's time to let go of something that you don't need anymore. You don't need it. And what sadness does either with, you know, sighing or relaxing or crying is it helps you release things that are not useful to you anymore. And so if you're feeling a lot of stress, which we know is probably anxiety, anger, and panic, um, that's a lot of activation in your body. That's a lot of activation. And so sadness has that, that soothing energy to it. And when you cry tears of sadness or grief or stress, there's actually um, neurochemicals that are coming out in the tears. So you're actually sort of cleansing. It's different than the tears of cutting an onion. Like it's an entirely different neurochemical, like um, what uh, mixture. So you are actually supporting your kind of brain health by removing Is it serotonin that gets released in the tears, Carla. I thought no, no, it's not no. those those chemicals. It's okay. Um, it may be if it's if it's. I have to look back at the research, sure. but it was basically toxins, neurotoxins yeah. that are being released. so a true cleanse. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So clean, you know, as we all know, a really good cry can be very cleansing and it actually is for your brain. But, but when does it cross the line? Because the, the thing that sometimes concerns me is if you're crying all the time, right? So getting yes. very clear between, and I totally agree with you. And I will often say this with my clients as well. Yeah, there's nothing like a good cry, a good release. But sometimes what I find is we cross the line into the re-traumatizing cry, like, oh, my life is so horrible, right? And just kind of rehat that kind of a cry. What do you say to that so that people can kind of distinguish what, what would you call, maybe for lack of a better term, a healthy versus, okay, you really need some help here if you're crying on a regular basis, well, I think it's to understand the emotions in the sadness family, and they are sadness, grief, situational depression, and the suicidal urge. A lot of times, we're very grief impaired here in the United States. We are mm. not good at grief, um, unless you're in a non-white community. You know, there there are many communities of color that are much better at grief than than our European descendant white people. Um, but a lot of people will think they're in sadness and they'll be crying when they're actually in grief. Mm. And so they'll think, you know, I've cried it out. I've cried it out. And I was like, well, grief is a different emotion and we need a grief ritual or situational depression is a different emotion. And we need to ask a different question. So it's really important to understand. I talked to a woman who, she came to me and she had read the book and she says, you know, I know the sadness is for letting go and I've been crying for a week and it's not working. And I said, okay, so tell me what you're letting go of. And she said, um, I came home to find my husband in bed with another woman. And I said, all right, I know the problem. Uh, this is grief. Your marriage died that day. Your husband didn't die. You didn't die. 
but every every agreement that your marriage was based on died that day. This is a grief ritual. And then she was able to go, oh, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, it was still horribly painful. But she was thinking that you just let go. I'm like, oh no, there was a death here. And so grief is the appropriate emotion to feel. Mm. So I it could be that people. That. Yeah, people are staying in sadness because it's the one they know. Mm. Thank you for clarifying that. That's beautiful. Carla, we need to take a quick break. But if you're just joining us on Just Test Spirit, I'm speaking with the one and only Carla McLaren, really the (laughs) goddess of emotions here. And she has revised and updated her book. It's called The Language of Emotions. Perhaps you've heard about it. We're getting the updated version today. And if you want to get a copy, you have to head over to her website, Carla mclaren.com and you'll find it there so we're going to go in for a quick break we will be back with more from carla stay tuned from the vibrant soul of sherrianna boyle comes just ask spirit on dream vision 7 radio network every monday at 10 a.m and 10 p.m eastern time just ask spirit is a show that reflects sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. Sherrianna Boyle is all about empowering you. Her life has centered around mindful approaches to healing the mind and body. Her main belief, your emotions matter, Processing them matters more. As a spiritual teacher and adjunct psychology professor, she is the author of nine books that can help empower lives from Emotional Detox Now, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, to Mantras Made Easy, and The Conscious Parenting Guide to Childhood Anxiety. There is certainly a book there for you. Find yours at SherryAnnaBoyle.com. Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book, have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. Imagine if you had a daily practice for processing your emotions that could help you get through past and present challenges. Well, now you do. My new book, Emotional Detox Now, 135 Self-Guided Practices to Renew Your Mind, Heart, and Spirit is out in the world. It includes my signature cleanse system, a mindful practice to help you clear all those toxic reactions so you can begin to feel joy, peace, and ease again. Grab your copy today at SherriannaBoyle.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. Today we're talking about the language of emotions with the one and only Carla 
McLaren talking about her new book, which is out now. It just was released, everyone, in June 2023. New on the market called The Language of Emotions, the updated version. You ought to go to CarlaMcLaren.com to grab that or go to Sounds True because we got a little issue with the updated. The updating of this because it's whatever. Just listen to the beginning of the show if you're just joining us. Anyway, here we are, Carla. We're talking now. We're going to talk about jealousy because this is something people deal with. Jealousy. It's a tough yeah. one, right? And there's two sides of this. Yeah, you could be jealous, or how do you handle if someone's jealous of you? Yeah. Jealousy and its friend envy are just some beautiful emotions. I call them the sociological emotions because their job is to make sure that we are well situated in our social lives uh, with envy, well situated in terms of um, things, possessions, money, um, notice, time. And jealousy in regard to love and and intimate relationships. Jealousy is focused on commitment, security, fairness, loyalty, intimacy. And so jealousy is always looking um, over our relationships to make sure they're stable. And that's so important because our relationships are really important to our social survival, right? It's not just uh, it's nice, but we are a social um, primates, and we rely on each other to a very great extent. We um, we co-regulate each other's emotions. We we really need each other. So if we're with someone who is not loyal, and we've agreed that loyalty is important, right? If we're we're dealing with you know poly relationships, we have other we have other agreements. But if we're in a one to one relationship and the person is not loyal, jealousy needs to get on that because it's not safe. Here's the problem: because jealousy has been so it's so hated, right? It's it's classified as a negative emotion, which um, I don't agree with the idea that there's any such thing as a negative emotion. There's certainly emotions that we don't know how to work with, and it looks like hell. But jealousy is crucial to the maintenance of our relationships. And the important thing to do with jealousy is check in with it before we get into relationships. For many of us, we don't. We don't. We just get into a relationship because someone liked us or something. Um, Or my brother brother would say, uh, this was his pickup line. I like oranges. Do you like oranges? Let's have sex. (laughs) Oh, that worked for him, did it? No, that didn't work for him. <laughs> he liked it. But a lot of us will just sort of fall into relationships without really checking out. I call that desperation. Yeah, yeah. Or just <laughs> we don't ask if they're, they're attractive. They've, they've got a lovely body, right? You know, our, our genetic they like oranges. They like oranges. Let's have sex. So, um, but... A lot of us get into relationships that we haven't allowed jealousy to check out first. So now we're in the middle of it and we find that we are not appropriate for each other. There is a disloyalty happening. And so what happens is jealousy comes in a giant whoosh, right? Instead of kind of this delicate place where jealousy is saying, how does he treat his parents? What are his stories about his past relationships? How does he deal with money? How, does he have children? How does he feel about, right? 
before we get involved. And now we're in the middle of the relationship. We're sharing, you know, credit cards. We're living in the same house. It's really serious. So our jealousy at that point is going to come up very high generally because it's serious now. We didn't listen. We didn't even know to listen. So a lot of people find that they think of jealousy as this very toxic emotion, but I think it's because of the very toxic way that we've learned to get into our relationships, which is just basically to fall into them. Just doy. What about the other side of the coin? What about the person who has someone jealous of them? Is it jealousy or is it envy? Like, do they want what I will have or do they want my... I've had clients who have had sisters and brothers who were jealous, so jealous. And and it led to some really negative behaviors or hurtful behaviors. I've had clients with who felt their mother, their own mothers were jealous of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's possible. I think that's, that speaks so much to the low self-esteem of the people, right? They don't feel there's like, um, there's an idea that if you have beauty or intelligence or, or money or whatever, then it means I can't have any of it. So there's this real, you know, scarcity mindset in a person who looks at others and feels like what you have steals from me. So there's like mm. a whole thing going on. What yes. I have found um, is just to be very generous and open with that person if they are available for it, because they're going through a lot of pain. They're creating pain, yeah, but they really are in a one-down position. They're not winning at life. And I, for me, I, I have empathy because from where I've gotten, and you may know this, people do feel that it's not fair. Like, why, you know, why does Shariana have this? And I've been working for 20 years and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you can't know what it is for someone else. You can't know how hard someone has worked to get where they are or what they've given up, right? You just see them. You just see them like, how come you have a book? I, you're funny. I, I was reading in your book, you know, I was so excited when it came in the mail because, and, and I had no idea about your history, to be honest with you, Carla. I mean, you do talk a, a bit about that in the mm-hmm. book for anyone who's interested in, in reading it. I definitely think, Carla, you've gone through your fair share of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Which which speaks to your credibility. You're not just someone who studies social science and yeah. writes book about emotions. You've, you've been through some pretty traumatic situations yourself in your own childhood. Yeah, and let's, lived it. <laughs> you've lived it. You've lived it. Yeah. So I want to talk about that a little bit about trauma. Mm-hmm. And in your book, I'm just looking on page 82. There's two responses to trauma and the healing power of the third way. And this is what I underlined. Mm-hmm. I've observed two basic ways that people respond to their unhealed traumas. Either they learn to traumatize themselves or they learn to traumatize others. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us more about that? I thought that was brilliant, by the way. 
Yeah. Um, you know, in my, in my early life, very early, uh, we had a across the street neighbor who was a child molester. And so that was sort of a normal part of our <laughs> growing up, right? Not just me, but other kids in the neighborhood. And I went through a lot of work with him. He, you know, he had died, but there was a lot I had to do with him. And what I realized after I got through the hatred, which was a very good emotion to have about that kind of a thing, um, but that he was living out his own trauma. Now, that doesn't excuse him in any way, but it did help me to understand that we were sort of trapped in the same troubled community and that he had chosen to become a traumatizer of others. He made that choice and it was a terrible choice. And then I decided when knowing that, okay, then who do I want to be in this tribe? Who do I want to be in this group of people who've experienced this? And I decided I'm going to be the writer, the comedian, <laughs> and I'm going to be one of the healers of it. Right. Um, then we all have choices. And I think a lot of times, especially, I, I don't know how you're feeling about it, but the, the, the kind of zeitgeist about trauma right now is that it happens to you and you're, that's it for you. You know, you have this many traumas and you're going to get cancer, right? And, you know, you need all this special treatment and takes the agency away from people. It makes it into kind of a hysterical thing instead of saying, we have all been traumatized. There's, and we're good. We are resilient. We heal. We may need some support, but we heal. And I think that's something that's really missing in the whole understanding of trauma. I agree. I I was on a, I was being interviewed by someone else on their podcast and Mm -hmm. they asked, they wanted me to talk all about trauma in the body, how emotions can contribute to the trauma. And it was really difficult for me to answer that, not because I don't know the answer, but because I don't want to give that much attention to that. Yeah. Right. Because it, Yes, it exists. Yes, yes, it can influence us. And I don't, I'd love to hear what you say in terms of whether it can manifest into other things. But yet I'd rather focus more on healing than yeah. how it trauma. That, that's exactly how I felt in the interim. Like, this is not really where I want. I have a choice of where I want this conversation to go and how much yeah. attention I want to give this conversation. And we don't have to overcomplicate it by going deep into those areas and we can focus instead on really learning techniques. Did you want to speak to that question? Cause I do, I do think it's a valuable question that people want to know. Am I, yeah. am I causing my own physical pain or illness or cancer? Or what do you say to that? I would say that, I mean, I've been reading a lot on trauma and it's known throughout the trauma healing industry that, no matter the length or intensity of the trauma, um, two thirds of people regain resilience, right? Only one third have trouble and it takes them a little bit longer to regain their resilience. But the way that trauma healing community is like, everybody's going to get cancer and die from trauma. And I'm like, oh, stop it. You've been traumatized. <laughs> You're traumatizing me. Is, with it, your is, it, is it the belief or the emotion? Or the, is it the beliefs about the emotions? That's my yeah. concern. You know, what I do think you it believe? Is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing is, when there's a traumatizing um uh, experience where your life is in danger 
there's a there's an emotion called panic that should come up and help you and it's got the fight flee freeze flock to safety behaviors in it right and that's its job it's a very intense and energetic emotion because it saves your life it's the emotion that a five foot tall mom can use to lift a car off of her baby right it's Mm -hmm. that intense and that emotion needs care. You need to be able to downregulate from it. You need to go over and over the situation and make sure that you've uploaded all of the survival, you know, so that if it ever happens again, now you know what to do, right? So if you don't do that, if you don't even know how to care for your panic, the panic is going to come up again and ask you to do it again. And so they call this post-traumatic stress disorder. And I would be like, why don't we just call it post-traumatic information gathering? <laughs> because that's what it is, right? <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. And depending on what you went through, it can be very uncomfortable, but you went through it. You survived. You're a survival expert. And all that panic wants you to do is become even more expert. And let's talk about when the car came at you and you went like this. What if you had done this? Like you, you begin to play with it and you begin to know that, you're a survival expert going back and grabbing the, the information that you need. You may need support to do that, but mm-hmm. it's not a life sentence to have been in a terrible situation where your life was in danger. It's not a life sentence. I love this. couple things coming up, Carla. One is, you know, when I wrote the emotional detox book series, I had to really clarify to people that we're not detoxing our emotions. And I kind of feel like you and I are in alignment here. And that I, I think emotions are incredibly valuable, Mm -hmm. and honorable, and you keep calling them beautiful. So I assume you feel the same way. Yeah, it's really all of this other stuff, these reactions sort of that we're quote, unquote, detoxing, what do you say about that? Because there, there, that's another area where you hear a lot of people saying sort of get rid of them, right? Yes. Get, get rid of them, cle- even cleanse them. Yeah. And I'm always having to remind people that's not, that's not what this is about here. It's what got you to be interested, <laughs> the word detox, but that's not what we're doing. So what do you say to that, that idea that you're getting rid of yeah, emotions. I think there's in the book, I talk about two emotional um, attribution errors, we make a mistake. One of the things people notice is when things are heavy, there's a lot of emotions going on, right? There's a lot of emotions. And so they blame the emotions, when in fact, the emotions arose because things were heavy. Right. So, so instead of saying these damned emotions, I need to get rid of them, they come to help you deal with what they come you know, they're called, they were called to this party, right? You invited them. So looking at the emotions as the problem is one of the hugest mistakes we make. There's a Mm. secondary mistake, which is many people don't have a lot of skills around their emotions, especially anger. So someone feels anger and then acts like a complete jerk. And you think, okay, anger is a crappy emotion that we should never feel instead of saying, anger sets boundaries. This person doesn't know, you know, 
and I was trying not to swear. This person doesn't it's know. Okay, you can swear. I'm sure the audience will survive. I know their ass from a hole in the ground about <laughs> anger, right? So, so we blame emotions for people's lack of emotional skills, and we blame emotions for the situations that emotions come to help us deal with. That's I see that. I see that. And, you know, it's funny you brought this up because I'm right on the page that you're talking about. It's page 146, everyone. And you say we blame emotions for causing problems when, in fact, emotions arise to help us deal with problems. Love that. We blame the emotions, number two, for people's lack of emotional skills. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to do if you don't understand. I mean, we're understanding now that emotions are a crucial part of your basic cognition. They help you make meaning from incoming data. They are, um, there's no separation between emotions and thoughts. That's a very old idea, but it comes from that kind of Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am, you know, the whole separation mm-hmm. from emotion. Yeah. As, yeah. You know, emotions are irrational. You cannot make a rational thought without emotions. So the, the, like, there's no emotional place in the brain that triune brain model that's been known to be wrong for. So you say that the thoughts and the emotions are the same. They're basically the part of the same process of cognition. Part of the same process of cognition. Okay. Yeah. Thoughts, emotions move much, much faster than thoughts do. And they, they underlie thoughts. You can create a problem in your emotions with crappy thought processes. Like you can be like, everyone's always mean to me. Every, gotcha. every, everything's unfair, right? And then your emotions will be like, hmm, okay, that's our, let, let's take that as the truth. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, but emotions underlie thinking and all behavior. Yeah, all yeah you really can't separate it. And yeah. that, that's absolutely fascinating. I love what you say on the difference. And I'm looking, I'm saying the page number so that they can mark this down. <laughs> Look in your book. <laughs> page number 233. It says, here's the difference between these three emotions. Fear helps you access your intuition mm-hmm. and instincts about the present moment. Anxiety is your motivational emotion that helps you focus on the future, organize yourself, complete your tasks, meet your deadlines, mm-hmm. and panic is the survival-based emotion that saves your life in the face of danger. Yeah. And a lot of people have those all squooshed up together. They don't, it's like people using sadness when it's time for grief. It's like they sort of don't, when I wrote a book about anxiety and I asked everybody, what is anxiety? They were all describing panic. They were all describing panic. So it's like, we don't even have the language for knowing, hey, I should write a book called The Language of Emotions. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a great idea. Well, that would be awesome. I'll <laughs> and, get right and I'll on put there. it on Amazon. <laughs> I'm going to put it on Amazon twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, we do need to take a quick break. But when we come back after the break, I would love you to talk about overwhelm. I think that's something and maybe it's mixed in within what I just read. But That's another area where we are hearing a lot of people talk about overwhelm. So if you're just joining us, Carla McLaren's in the house. We're speaking about our latest book, The Language of Emotions. You can find this book at Carla McLaren. 
Com. We'll be right back, everyone. We're talking about overwhelm. From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. When we think of a detox, we usually think of it as a physical experience. But what about a mind-emotional detox? With Sherrianna Boyle's new book, Emotional Detox Now, you get just that. Inside, you will find 135 of Sherrianna's signature cleanses laid out for you. In just five minutes a day, you can enjoy the soothing benefits of an emotional detox. Imagine feeling centered, calm, and free. With an emotional detox now, you can. Grab your book today at your favorite bookstore or go to sherriannaboyle.com. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. This is DreamVision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. We're talking about emotions, the language of emotions today. Carla's here to help us really make sense and get information that this, these emotions bring to us. Overwhelm. Where do, where, how do you see overwhelm? Because I know we're going to, a lot of people have overwhelmed right and I now. Think or- it would be different for everybody, but I, I, I would say that we are in the area of anxiety. Um, and because there's that overwhelm, I would say depression and panic, right? Mm. When overwhelm means there's too much coming at you and you cannot manage all of it. So anxiety is going to be there because it's our emotion of getting things done. But I would think depression would also be there. Depression is the reality check. Uh, situational depression is a reality check. It's uh, yeah, that can't happen. So there may be that pulling down. And if the amount of things that you can't get done are kind of overwhelming, panic may also be there because it could be life or job threatening, right? If you can't get it all done, you you could lose things, right? It could be dangerous. Right. What do you say to people? What do you, what are some suggestions there for people who are feeling overwhelmed? I, I know a lot of people that are feeling overwhelmed, perhaps they're going to school or they're working a couple of jobs or they're not where they want to be financially independent, or maybe perhaps raising a child on their own. So mm-hmm. this is, this is a big one. What do you, what do you, what suggestions do you have for someone like that? 
I think to be very clear about um, which emotions they're feeling because those emotions are trying to bring help to them, right? So that they can access those emotions and ask the questions. Um, I have uh, something called um, the emotional vocabulary list on my site. It's in the book, but it's also free on my site because uh, being able to name and identify your emotions is... Uh, all by itself will give you better emotion regulation skills. There's something magical about having a, a larger emotional vocabulary. So that's really important. But also to realize in end stage capitalism, we're all being worked to the bone, right? And so we need social support because the structures that we're working under are not fair. They're not just, and they're not really livable you know, a person raising a child on their own. That's not a thing. You can't do that. (laughs) That's not a thing, right? That we need more social support than we're getting or than than we're used to. So I would say, you know, take it seriously. If those, if you're in overwhelm and there's anxiety and panic and depression up at the same time, they're telling you the truth. Telling you this is real. And, you know, I think a lot of people would be like, well, let's, I want to find a way to feel. So don't, so don't judge it is what you're saying, yeah. because a lot yeah. of people say, you know, what's wrong with me? Everybody else can do it because we do have a lot of modeling out there where people are taking on and doing too much. So, yes. of course, it would it would make sense that you would think what's wrong with me? So and so can do it all. Yeah, they're on their Instagram. So, <laughs> you know, like, that's what they're saying. But um, yeah, or they I, have these big, t- these big teams behind them. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it is. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there. There really is. Of, there really is. And, and when I'm, I'm not saying that to be facetious, but it really is. A, there's making it seem like it's simple and easy. And meanwhile, these operations are quite, I mean, there's a team, there's a team of people behind it. So sometimes you have to really look at what you are accomplishing and what you are getting done, considering it is you yourself, right? And wow. And maybe looking at those, if you agree that this is it, then your shame is going to be working on it, right? Mm. If you agreed, I should be able to have it all, be it all, do it all, blah, blah, blah that's an agreement that needs to be trash canned. <laughs> that's not a good agreement. Like making it that agreement you can better. detox that yeah. you can detox detox the hell out of that agreement. Cause that <laughs> needs to go. <laughs> Is there ever a time Carla, when you don't need to label an emotion? I hear what you're saying that the larger your emotional vocabulary. Yeah. And the more there specific. Is some- and the yeah. more specific, is there a time where you feel it would be appropriate or beneficial not to label? Do we talk too much sometimes, Carla, about things? Is it? I think do you to ever find name that? it to yourself is crucial, always. Okay. But to talk to other people about it, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> that, that replay button is what I'm yeah. referring to. That yeah. sometimes and that's a skill as well. I, I have found, at least in my work and what I teach is, you know, be, and maybe perhaps this is what you mean by sort of allowing, because you do talk about flow in your book. Mm-hmm. And I believe, oh gosh, I don't have your book open anymore. 
but I believe you said flow always wins. Yeah. Did I quote you correctly? Yeah. Yeah. When people try to stop their emotions, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Get back to me on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Flow always wins. Because yeah, if they're, if they're central to your cognition, your ability to think and act and behave and decide, they should be there all the time. And a lot of times, no, you don't need to name them. You just need to, you know, after a while, when you learn to work with anger, you just naturally set boundaries. It's not something you need to think about. After a while, once you've worked with panic, you don't have to go into these huge highs and lows or jealousy, huge highs and lows. You just choose appropriate relationships where people are loyal at the get-go, right? Choose appropriate relationships. How would that be? That could be another show. Carla, I think that's another another show. show. I think we need to have you back. Don't you, audience? I think we need to come back and we got to focus on relationships. Maybe you would be open to that, Carla. Thank you so much for being on Just Us Spirit. Thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you, audience, for joining us today. Remember that the show is supported by the Just Ask Spirit Marketplace. Head on over there. You're going to see some of our other authors' books, as well as my books and resources. And remember, I cleanse, which is an emotional processing, mindful process that I take people through every week on Zoom. So you can check out my website, sherryannaboyle.com. But definitely grab Carla's book, The Language of Emotions, carlamclaren.com. Thank you, everyone. Remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Take care. Thank you for listening. Join Sherrianna next time to continue this remarkable journey of discovering the amazing power of your emotions. Reach out to Sherrianna directly on sherriannaboyle.com. Share your comments and ask your Just Ask Spirit questions. Until next time, remember, your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.